And we're on. All right. So uh, welcome to the first Savage Bloggers Network Hangout on Air. Uh, today we have uh, two guests with, with me. I guess I'm the host. Uh, but we have uh, Clint Black, who is the uh, Savage World's Core Rules Brand Manager at Pinnacle Entertainment Group. Hi, Ron. And uh, we also have Ron Blessing. As some of you might have heard of his name here and there in the past. Uh, very popular podcast, The Game's a Thing, as well as uh, Smiling Jack's Bar and Grill. Uh, and the company in the background there. So, Ron, are you, do we have audio from you? We do now. Okay. Uh, there's a very loud printer, Nick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, it's that's fine at all. So uh, and there's one of the many reasons I don't podcast so much anymore. That's right. That's right. Uh, so this is the first uh, Savage Bloggers Network um, hanging on air. I'm hoping that in the future we'll be able to do some more. Um, I don't know how frequently, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And um, but yeah, uh, so we're pretty excited. So first, I'm going to gush a little bit over uh, Ron and Clint. Um, back in 2008, when I first picked up Savage Worlds, I used to listen to the Games of Thing uh, podcast, and I would just hang on to every word that Clint and Ron used to, you know, say about Savage Worlds and just anything else they talked about, really. So uh, this is a big honor for me to have both of you here uh, in, in in this discussion. In fact, this this started because I, I had I am Ron. I'm like, if there were ever a time that I wish I could hear the two of you talk again, it would be now to talk about this this change in the in the uh, in the rules that, that that came up. And Ron's like, well, you know, we'll see. You know, <laughs> I'm like, if I can get Clint, would you do it? And he said, yeah. And so I asked Clint, and Clint was very kind enough to to agree to it. So thank you both for uh, for taking the time to come here and and, and do this with us. Kid me if I don't have to schedule it or edit it or produce it. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> or, or remove every time I say um. That's right. Or, you know. That's right. There's no editing on this one, so uh, not not like uh, in the old days, right? So, um, as long so as we have uh, great stuff. What was that? As long as we have plenty of great stuff. I think good we will. Good stuff, even. And, good stuff. and awesome. Awesome. awesome and epic. epic. So, um, so let's go ahead and, and get started with the with the topic of discussion. Well, we're talking about the um, the recent change to the uh, the shaken recovery rule. Uh, for those of you who I, I don't know how you have not heard of this yet, but um, the uh, the recent change that that was posted on the Pinnacle forums was that on a success to recover from being shaken, uh, you can act instead of requiring a raise. And I think we just lost Clint. Did we lose Clint? Oh, we'll get him. Fail. That's okay, but that's okay. Get him back. All right. So we can get him, get him back. And then you can edit this out later for those that don't need to watch this live. Not doing editing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time for that. You say that now. I do. I do say that now. The perfectionist in me will want to edit. I would just like to point out that in 2006. I was just going to do one interview. Really? That's yeah. Awesome. And it was this uh, this guy, Shane Hensley. I think, I think, and that's how you got uh, Veronica on the show. That's how I right? snagged Veronica. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and she got completely honest, the, the ratings bump was so big from doing interviews. They were like, all right, now we have to do interviews all the time. All the time. Nothing but... So uh, in the meantime, while we're waiting for Clint to rejoin, I'm going to go ahead and enable the Q&A tool in Hangouts on Air so that uh, for those of you, and it's not working. Excellent. Oh, epic fail. 
Well, so much for that. This feature is disabled when I click on it. Why is that disabled? I don't know. That's a great question. You know, sometimes this is why I decided that I'm, if my alternate career is going to be uh, carpentry. <laughs> I am, I'm so over tech. It's not even funny. With with all the time you spend on internet related things, I can't believe you're doing this. If I did your job, I would want to go home and then not be near the internet. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so let's do this. And so, so while we're waiting for Clint to uh, to resolve his tech issues, um, do you want Ron to share uh, sort of your thoughts on the? Um... Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so my thoughts have evolved. Um, okay. I've kind of gone through a process with this. Um, the the first thing is I my knee-jerk reaction was to hate it. <laughs> um, and there's the real reason that we're not podcasting right now, right there in the corner. See, that? there he is. That's R2 <laughs> there in the corner. Two. Anyway, um, my, my initial response was to hate the rule change. Um, I felt like it was taking the teeth out of, of the, the concept of being shaken. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and there are a lot of ra- things outside of just the the con- just being shaken that shaken effects. Um, one thing that gets talked about a lot would be the tricks and the uh, tests of will. Um, I have been known to use those in the hopes to get somebody shaken when I can't damage them so I can at least do something. And then another player at the table can then, you know, do the deed and and get them damaged. Um, I've also done that as a game master to the players, Mm -hmm. uh, when I, when I can, the other thing is, uh, the stun power, which I already think, um, the stun powers, I think it's the stun power. The stun power is the one that shakes you, right? Yes. Yeah, I've always thought that that power was weak sauce to begin with. Right. And this rule change definitely makes that even weaker sauce. Um, so it's kind of a... Personally, I, I, would, I, I can't imagine a player taking this stun power. I had a hard time imagining it before, but now might as well just take it out of the, the rule book as far as I'm concerned. So Now. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so for you, it was, it was you... not just about making them shaken, but it was also that window of opportunity between recovering and, uh, and, and their next action where you could still maybe even reshake them or do something else that hinders any action they're about to take. Is yeah, that... this is probably a different show that we're getting into here, but I, I feel like um, most, most is the wrong word, a lot of savages that I've come into contact with Mm-hmm. don't have a clear understanding of the fact that tests of will and tricks are team moves. That's that's correct, right. And a lot of people don't do tests of will or tricks because they can't immediately do the cool thing themselves. Right, right. And, and so that's where I, I think there's a major disconnect in the game. So, yeah, it's totally a setup. Right. It's a way that non-combative characters can be 
can be effective in combat. And let's face it, I mean, the, the main thing that Savage Worlds is written around, aside from being awesome for Game Masters, is fighting, is, is combat. So, and, uh, and, and, and one more thing, I think you and I have had a conversation in which you stated that um, you also use it as a way to sort of deplete Benny's. Oh, totally. Right, right. Like totally. that's an actual, I mean, like a metagame effect that you, you, you're seeking out. Absolutely, and there's a lot of people that say that um, you shouldn't be metagaming, but but any game that has in-game currency has a meta factor. Bottom line, whether you like it or not, there's a meta factor there. Um, and I happen to like that because um, anything that can keep the players, um, you know, looking at their character sheets or paying attention to what's happening at the table rather than busting out their phone or using their uh, tablet is is a good thing for me. Okay. All right. So um, and Clint's back. Clint is back. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad the uh, technology gods are with us today. So uh, or at least seemingly, or they're taunting us. I don't know which of the two it is. Um, so Clint, if you don't mind, um, can you tell us a little bit about the sort of the background behind the change and um, like what inspired the investigation of that rule and and you know the playtesting for a year and and so on. Oh, I don't think we have audio. Uh, we can't hear you. Does he have us on mute? That'd be funny. That would be funny. Uh, I don't. I don't have him muted. I'm doing the universal signal for we can't hear you. See that? Again, Clint has the all thumbs hindrance. <laughs> this is a. Uh, this is pretty funny. This is pretty funny. We could just start talking, I can't, I like, can't and, and and imitate what we think Clint is saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we really, we do, have uh, no idea what like, we're doing. Like we're just, uh, bad YouTube videos, right? <laughs> Hey Clint, you're you're not. We don't hear you, buddy. And clearly, with the way you're laughing, you can hear us. So, yeah, and he, <laughs> you're not muted on this side. Uh, I don't have you muted or anything like that. So, um, I'm not sure what what the issue might be. Uh, yeah, maybe... and, and for this call, I I took them off ignore. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, very classy of you, Ron. Very nice. It's considerate. You know. Yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> yeah, his volume's fine. His nothing's muted in the control room. Again, we're sorry about this, folks. Oh, uh oh. He might smash his headset. That might. That'd be cool. Said one minute. I think he's getting a backup device. We're going to see Hulk Clint in a little bit. Clint smash! So yeah, I, I, we'll go back to what I was I was saying. We don't want to hear Basically, what you're saying. <laughs> all right, fair enough. I'll no, you're saying. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but my the evolution is 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 in this, um. 
at the end of the day, what's really important in Savage Worlds is that everybody at the table um, is having a good time, and the action moves faster. And and where this um, where this rule change succeeds for me is that um, it definitely speeds up play. Mm-hmm. Um, when people, I think Shaken is still. I don't think it's lost all its teeth. I, st- I still think there's a, a negative effect of being shaken, especially sure. if you, especially if you um, take a wound mm-hmm. or what have you. Um, but my intention is to uh, combine it with uh, with the new uh, deluxe damage rules, and I think those two offset beautifully. And speed up play and 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 uh, you know, fast, furious, fun right. uh, is served by the whole thing. So we have audio Clint? And the new gritty gritty damage rules. We don't hear you, Clint. Oh, this is. He's getting frustrated. Yeah, I don't think I. It's a new word, frustrated. <laughs> At least he's not confuzzled. He knows th- what's wrong here, which is good. Because being confuzzled would never be a good thing. Who wants that? Maybe it's the recording input volume on on uh, on your end, uh, Clint. Yeah, check your audio uh, audio inputs. Again, we're sorry about this, folks. We're uh, obviously this is yeah. not the intent, <laughs> but. It does make for uh, good entertainment, though, I think, watching watching Clint. Be careful. He'll tell you to get off his lawn. But he'll mime it because we can't hear him. <laughs> so... So yeah, um, how about that Lankmar? I'm really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I'm actually. I already started uh, poaching it for uh, for stuff, particularly some of the new powers. And uh, don't poach it. Play Lankmar. Yeah, I, 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 my my group isn't necessarily into Lankmar, which is unfortunate. Well, then they're wrong. They are wrong. Their their opinion is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Now we need to enable the right feature so we can write stuff in his forehead. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, old. Um, Clint, do you want to um, try uh, maybe dropping out and, and coming back in again? To be completely honest, um, leaving that oh. plugged in and rebooting might work. Yeah, I think I know what it might be, too. There's, um... Uh... uh David Scott just reminded me uh, that sometimes when you replug your your headphones after you uh, join a hangout, you might need to set the recording input in the hangout itself. Nice uh, in, the, in the hangout app itself. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember where that's done. There's a gear at the top middle. There is. That's right. And then there's a microphone thing, right. and, and you, you click can click in that box. And, that's yeah. right. Yeah, thank you, David. David gets a virtual Benny. He does. It's coming your way. I'm, I'm almost Wait. tempted to also give a, an adventure card for that as well. 
I think bennies are fine, dude. They're going to use less of them now that they don't have to pay to get unshaken. That's true. Yeah. All right, so when Clint comes back on, I'll I'll, uh, I'll mention that to him. Yep. I totally forgot about that. I I didn't. I was just, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't. I just didn't want to hear him. Is that what you're about to say? I, I would never say that about my friend Clint. So um, so my kind of take on it was, um, you know, one, I, I used to get frustrated. I was recently even playing a non-combatant character that occasionally, like, the party was just caught in combat, period. Like, it just happened. Like, there was nothing I could do about it as a, as a as in character. I couldn't do anything about it. And I would go through that stun lock cycle, you know, and I was having to dish out the bennies to remove from being unshaken. And, uh, and it got to the point where then, then when I really wanted to use a Benny for, like, a reroll or something cool, I was tapped out. You know, there was nothing, nothing I had, you know, that there wasn't even anything that the GM could even award a Benny to me for between the time that I had spent them and the time that I wanted to use them. You know, it was just, so that was, uh, that was a little frustrating. Um, so I think that's why I'm, I'm kind of very, you know, pro, uh, for the, for the rule. Right. Um, but, uh, but what's, what's interesting, I don't know if you saw the poll that we put up on, on this, on the, the Google plus community. Um, what's interesting is like, it's uh, about 45 to 45% of those who love it and those who really could take it or leave it. And about, I think 10% or so who just absolutely hate it. Um, the take it or leave it was really interesting to me because I realized that in the end, after all this conversation that's been going on on the forums and everywhere else, most people are just like, eh, (laughs) that's cool. (laughs) Like whichever, you know. I'm still having fun. You know, so so I, you have to reduce that percentage because when I first voted, I voted I hated it. It it changes both ways, I think. Oh, so I can go back and change. You can go my back vote. and change your vote. Yeah, you can always. I'm going to go back and change my vote because okay, because that vote was incorrect. All right, what's Clint doing? I don't know. Let me um, email him and let him know. He might be rebooting. That is what you do when you're a Windows user, right? No, that's wipe it clean and reinstall Windows. Oh, okay. That's what you Windows people do. That's right. I said you Windows people. You Windows people. Even though I'm, in fact, on a Windows machine right now, but (laughs) that's because my wife has um, a better camera and... The drawback of my book pro surviving uh, six years is that it's got a six-year-old webcam. <laughs> right, right. So, right. and no, I'm, actually, I'm not actually an Apple fanboy. I just, I'm not either. I, I do like Macs better, but I'm not much of an Apple fanboy. So, no. um, so the the. Uh, I forgot what I was going to mention now regarding the uh, sort of the conversations that have been going on. Um, you know, I, I do, and I was, I'm hoping Clint can get back on soon because what I what I would like to know is sort of what inspired uh, them. To I want to hear about this this extensive playtesting they've done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to know what got them to to decide to playtest it, um, and then you know. What, you know, what, what did it look like throughout? What, what, did, what different iterations of it have they gone through? Um, you know, what did that look like? And, and then how did they actually settle on this? How did they even settle on it being a core rule versus a setting rule as well? Um, you know, all those kinds of things. So um, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to hear some of that once 
if Clint gets back I have home. A, and then I have player. a bunch of questions that he won't answer. Right. I have a ton of questions that he won't answer. Right. Well, yeah. Well, it's not like it's Joel where he'll uh, say nothing definitive. Right. Nothing definitive. <gasps> there he uh, is. Uh, yes. Awesome. Yeah, that was easy. <laughs> All right. Ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the inimitable Clint Black. So how many bennies did you spend to uh, re-roll that uh, repair roll? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your critical failure of the night. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we are back in business then. All so right. what happens when you have a D4 minus 2 for uh, repair? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, so back to that, that original question. What um, what inspired this? What inspired the uh, the investigation of the rule? And um, what are the, I guess the second part of that would be, what, what are the iterations during the playtest look like? Um, yeah. Well, the, the thing that inspired it actually... Um, was Benny's. Mm -hmm. It was how they worked, uh, how players earned them, how GMs gave them out, how GMs used them, everything, you know, that nature of how they're used, how the entire economy, you know, within the game of how they're used. And the discussion was we wanted Benny's to be used more for doing awesome, really cool things. I mean, that's what we kind of wanted them to do. And we were trying to actually figure out a way to get more bennies into play uh, at the beginning. And this was about a year and a half ago, I guess. We kind of started this discussion. It started between Shane and I um, back then at the very beginning. And the, um, you know, we, we went round and round of, well, how can we, you know, do that to get more bennies in play? You know, what, what can we necessarily make that do? And, now, um, I know Ron knows this, and, and I know Christian, you know this, because uh, you know we we met face to face at Dragon Con and uh, this other stuff. Shane and I both travel to conventions all over the place. I mean, I'm all over the Eastern Seaboard and Denver whenever I can get out there. If I can make that happen, I love it. Uh, and Shane goes all over the world, so we see a lot of different games being played. And the thing we started to notice was that the majority of bennies were being spent to act, to remove, you know, even if you got a success to remove your shaken, players were spending their bennies so they could just take their action. And it wasn't so much that it was a character penalty, it was a player penalty that was kind of happening. And, you know, it worked for a lot of people because there were a lot of GMs who were giving out enough bennies, you know, that, that the players could do that. But the GM doesn't earn any extra bennies. And because we see so many different ways that people play it, there were GMs who didn't give out as many bennies. And that's where you started getting into the frustrating parts of it. And so we started looking at ways to get more bennies into play, what we could do, and then this kind of came up of, well, there's multiple bennies that are being spent just to act. So we started looking at what we could do to kind of reduce that a bit so that players would have more bennies. And um, I can tell you, without a doubt, that the first time somebody said, well, what if they just recover and get their full actions on a success? You had the same reaction I had when I heard about the rule. That's right. We had the same reaction everybody had within the company. It was like, you're crazy, man. That'll never work. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's like, no, there's no way. But we put it on the table with some other things we wanted to try, 
and we started going through some play testing. And the thing was, it just kept coming back to that over and over again. It's like other things kind of, you know, didn't work out a little bit here, a little bit there, but that kept working and it was fun. And as we went through and we thought all the stuff of, well, you know, how will this affect this and how will this affect that? And just, you know, it just meant that people were taking more actions. I mean, they're recovering from shaken on exactly the same number. So it's not affecting that any. It's just the fact that you're going to get to act. And because it was happening on, you know, both sides of the equation, it, you know, we, you know, really, you know, started working out and clicking. And finally we narrowed it down to, well, let's really try this. And we started going out to play test groups, you know, some guys we know and put it out there and kind of got that reaction of, you want us to what? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, really, just repeatedly, the thing we got back was it took us a little while to get used to it, but now we love it. Mm-hmm. And so, what about the stun power, though? The thing is, it doesn't. Other really, than nobody takes that power. Nobody takes. Nobody that. ever takes that power to begin with, anyway. Uh, unless you're a pacifist, and uh, that's that's funny because you know when I played uh, Shintar with uh, Sean Sean Fannin, I actually got to. Uh, use that that was what i chose i chose the stun power that's what i wanted nice. but, uh, was it because I, of the stun lock or not kidding? <laughs> no no uh no but uh it was funny because i, I still kind of teased sean about it because i i threw it on a bunch of extras to shake them and all our guys were around them just ready to jump on top of them and sean said i'm just going to give him a group roll so we can speed things up yeah <laughs> Okay, so one group roll, they all saved, and I was like, "All right," <laughs> but we had a great time in the game. So I was like, "I was like, yeah." yeah and and speaking to the stun power, I mean, they're still shaken; they can still fail, you know, to recover. You know, but I mean, it's yeah. Well, uh, here's the th- here's the thing, and it kind of goes back to something else. So people have said it's come up. Well, doesn't this make extras more powerful? Doesn't it make you know creatures with undead or construct, you know, the plus two to recover from shaken? Doesn't that make it more powerful? You know things, things like that, and really it doesn't, because if you think about it, you have to compare not the fact that well now they get their action much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody though gets their action much easier. Yeah, it's balanced across, on both sides of the table. It's, it's balanced on the both sides. But if you think about it, compare it from the old rule to the new rule of what the effect is. In other words, and, and this is the easiest way I've been able to explain it to folks, and it's kind of the one that makes the most sense. You have an extra with a D8 spirit, okay? By the old rule, he had to roll an 8 to act mm-hmm. and a 4 to recover, and that's a normal success. So he had a 1 in 8 chance of doing that, and he has a 5 in 8 chance of getting a success, okay? So that plus 2 bonus by the old rule changed his 1 in 8 chance to a 3 in 8 chance, it triples the chance that he's going to recover from shaken with an action. Mm-hmm. But by the new rule, it changes that 5 and 8 to a 7 and 8, which is a 40% increase in the chance that he recovers and acts, basically. you know. So it's like five times more powerful the way it did the other way compared to what it really affects now across the board. You know, they're basically more in balance because the old way, that plus two gave them such a greater chance of getting a raise, you know, comparatively, that they're actually, if you come out to it and you kind of compare it down, across the board, it starts to balance out. You know, the odds of getting the raise versus, you know, the other one, it starts to, you know, 
come out and you find there's not a whole lot of difference in how that affects it. So since it doesn't really have an effect, and in fact, extras have, I mean, wild cards have a little bit more of an advantage, you know, to get the success. The advantage kind of goes to wild cards over the extras, even when you start talking about, you know, undead or construct. So if anything, stun and confusion in those powers get a little bit of a boost because you could, you're not dealing with the fact of these undead had a much greater chance than any other extra of getting their action, you know. Now it's only a slight difference from what every other extra gets, you know. And compared to the wild cards, who get a much increased chance because of the wild die, you know, they're still coming out a little, the wild cards are coming out a little bit ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. right. Right. So it's so still... You know, what this rule, you know what the rule has done for me? I mean, and, and to be completely honest, um, I'm not currently playing... We're running a Savage Worlds game. I'm, I'm I'm playing a game on Fridays, and I'm running a game on Sundays, and neither of those are Savage Worlds. And this is making me want to run Savage Worlds, which is going to get me killed. <laughs> <laughs> because I promised my Sunday group a long-term game. So that's the effect it's, it's having on me. You're, you're going to get called out on the Ushani syndrome. Yeah, I, put it this way: the first couple weeks that Longmar was out, I, didn't I was going to say plus Longmar because I was afraid I would show up on Sunday yeah. and be like, "All right, guys, we're changing the game." Right, right. <laughs> yeah, just think how hard that's going to be when Savage Tales of Longmar is released. Oh, oh dude, and, don't even get you, me started. And you get all the adventures and everything to play. So exciting! So exciting! Yeah, yeah. So, I've been asking. Clint knows. I've been talking about Savage Longmar since he met me. <laughs> so, it's bread and butter. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> so, so the uh, a lot of conversation has also come up around like you know combat reflexes as well. And my speculation was you know certain things that combat reflexes to me always it always struck me as uh, the edge you take if you want a greater likelihood to be able to act from when you recover from being shaken. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like right now it's it's diminished in value, possibly even almost obsolete, um, because it, it only marginally helps. You know, it's it's, it's deflated in value, and I, I don't know that it's as critical to the game now. Uh, you know, are there alterations to, to some of these existing things that you're either thinking about, like, just, yeah, might as well just get rid of it, or let's adjust it, or, you know, is there anything like that, or just leave it as is? It's going to stay exactly as it is. Okay. And, and I, I, you know, we're actually working on, you know, the the official release because we previewed it to the forums first, and of course that's all it took to get out on the internet everywhere. But um, and what we talk about it a little bit is um, how one thing you have to keep in mind is with everybody getting actions sooner, you know, or or getting to act just on a success, it's going to make things like wound modifiers much more important as far as your recovery and getting your action and not staying shaken um, because that's going to have a bigger impact in the overall which I've kind of said on the forums the dynamic of how it plays when you start getting wound modifiers and suddenly I've got a great chance to recover from shaken becomes I've got about a 50-50 chance or something like that you know, it really changes. You don't want to stay shaken, you know, and 
you know, you, it's it kind of leaves combat reflexes in that same role of, well, if I'm not shaken, or, you know, if I'm not wounded, well, then I'm pretty much, you know, going to come out of it unless I crit fail, you know. But if I start taking wounds, even if I have two wounds, I'm still even up on my odds, you know, on what it's going to do for me. And it's I, funny to me because we've got people on two sides of this, and that's part of the design document. We've got the combat reflexes and now too powerful, and combat reflexes is now kind of worthless, you know, that you don't need yeah. it anymore. You know? well, and I think that, that thought is because it's so powerful that it puts you so far over the edge, but you're already so close to the threshold to begin with. And yeah. that's, that's where I think it, it's, you know, it's, it's a little more worthless, but it's so powerful at the same time. Yeah, yeah what's interesting to me, and uh, this is something we didn't do, but uh, you may have seen it, but one of the guys on the forums in the discussion in the general chat um, ran some comparisons on, um, you know, the same character with a D6 spirit or a D10 spirit, and, um, and he had them face off against kind of each other, with one side having combat reflexes and the other not, using both sets of rules. Okay, now this was five thousand fights, I think, that went through. You know, five times at a thousand fights, comparing them, and it's like you know, D six versus D six. One has combat reflexes. D six versus D ten. D ten versus D six. You know, comparing all these things. And you know, they talked about how there was a variance. You know, of of how it kind of varied and stuff like that, but. In some cases, it was an advantage. In some cases, it was a drawback. But the thing that stood out to me was if you took all of those four instances where he ran 20,000-plus you know, bearings and you averaged them out, the difference between the old rule and the new rule was five battles per thousand. Hmm. It was a 0.5% difference from how it worked the old way to the new way. You know, So ultimately... It's almost exactly the same. It's it's basically how much it's going to affect you is if you have a lower spirit, just like in the old thing, it's going to help you a bit more. If you've got a higher spirit, it's going to help you a bit less. But overall, while the odds change a little bit, you know, fluctuate one way or the other, the average is still hitting almost exactly the same point of where it's at. So again, it's it's one of those things that, like I said, when we said what are we thinking about doing? And then we sit down and we start going through the play testing and what comes back and we realize, well, no, it still works because the only thing that it changes is whether you get that action or not because you're still removing the shaken from with the success. It's just changing that you go ahead and get that action. Right. You know? So, right. no, I mean, we're not so looking at how that reflex changes. Uh, you're looking to get somebody to pin it on, aren't you? No, I just want to know who suggested it. Who suggested it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because I mean, it kind of feels like the people that you know have the torches and pitchforks might go after me. Oh, yeah. oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> was it you? It was not it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally. I was the one that went back and well, I said, you know, you are the rules guru, right? So, well, it's more of a case of I'm, you know, I'm willing to try some different things, and and Shane was the one who basically laughed at me a bit. He's like, oh, "You're crazy, man! I've never worked." And when I finally convinced him to play it, and he kind of came back, you know, and said, "All right, we got to keep trying this one and see because it did it did go really well." You know, we've got to look at this one. But. So, what did what did some of the other iterations and and uh, suggested or tested options did you explore, and what oh. what were the results of those? 
Well, I mean, a lot of the things we were looking at was, you know, like I said, because of bennies. And so we were looking at different ways to get bennies into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those things you might end up seeing again, like in setting rules and stuff. We might make those, because a lot of those had certain feels to them. And we might end up putting those in. Uh, so I'm going to hold off on that because I don't want to adjust that. But, I mean, uh, one of the things we tried was, you know, you get the success, you get one action, you know, and that's your only option. And that's still kind of going to show up. Uh, I'll mention that in a second. Um, or, you know, we tried to consider the idea of, well, you know, if you got the raise, recovery was like a free action. If you got a success, it was a normal action. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you'd be negative two to any other actions. You uh, Already on top of a negative two to any other actions you tried that round. And those things just, you know, they were good ideas and we tried them out, but they, they just, you know, hurt certain places. Typically, the worst part of it was when the GM's trying to run you know, 10 or 12 extras out there, and he's got to go, okay, these guys have no penalty, these guys have a negative two, and he, he's got to actually adjust the dice like that. So, I mean, we we tried out some different things like that, and I'm I'm really blanking on the other stuff because, I mean, we have, we've been playtesting this for almost a year because mm-hmm. we did know that it was going to be such a, you know, a kind of a, while it's, Minor in one way, it, it feels major. And obviously, I mean, we kind of knew this was going to be the reaction because, I mean, right. we had the same one. So we really wanted to put it through its paces. So, you know, after, you know, 11, 12 months or so, I'm kind of like, yeah, what were the other ones? I don't know. We went through so many. I mean, I've, I've had Lankmar and Rift since then, man. <laughs> you know. So you said you, we might see those as, uh, as setting rules in the future? Some of the things to get extra bennies into the game and get them flowing, yeah, some of those ideas, yeah, we're thinking Very about, nice. we're, we're looking at some of those potentially at some point being uh, setting rules and stuff like that. Are you thinking uh, like, a, like a web release or, or a, a, when, you, when you do a reprint of the core rules? Oh, I don't know, well, we might put them in like the setting rules from that. I'm actually thinking certain settings that we have in the world that they would go in with those right. to try them out. Right, yeah, right. Um, okay. there's one, you know, uh, Shane actually just posted it on Facebook tonight that he's gone bonkers over. He did he didn't want a you know vague book as he said it, but he was so excited about it. And I I know what it is, and I'm like going, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I know what you're thinking about. And I'm like, some of that stuff we were working on is going to be really good with that. So I'm um, I'm excited that it's like okay, now we have the perfect vehicle for some of these things. You right. know? So uh, that'll be so- fun. So I think I know the answer to this just based on what you've been, you know, how you've been speaking about the uh, the benefit that that you feel is gained from uh, from this change. But um, uh, I'm I'm going to ask it anyway because some people have been asking it on the forums. Uh, why a core rule change versus a setting rule? And I, I think you kind of got the answer there because really, it, all it does, all we found, and all the testing and everything like that is it makes the game run better. Mm-hmm. You know. There was no reason to say, let's make this a setting rule, when we knew that overall it made the game run better for everybody. It made the game run better for the GMs who gave out bennies, you know, a lot to the players, because those players now just have more bennies to do cool stuff with, 
you right. know, and, like, and it works better for the GMs who don't give out so many bennies because their players aren't sitting there just holding on to them, you know, afraid they're not going to be able to act, you know. So overall, it just kind of made things work out so much better overall. And that's, you know, it is one thing some people, have, you know, it's kind of come up the whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. But our policy has always been, if we can make the game better, we're going to. Sure, and we saw that with Chase Rules. We saw that with the... Uh, I, I, I didn't even play Savage Rules back when it was a flat bonus, uh, you know, for yeah. damage. In fact, I was actually curious, back then when you made that change to the acing die, you know, die, dice for damage, was there as much of a reaction, or was Oh, it my like, God, yes. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Yeah, when we People added People were the, going nuts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, when yeah. we added the, uh, the dice as opposed to the flat bonus to melee damage, it wasn't quite like this because, you know, since that time, I mean, that was literally the second printing of Savage Worlds. Right. Well, since that no, time, wasn't. like, uh, uh, was it? No. Was it, it, was, it was, it was, no, it was, that Explorers? actually started with Explorer's Edition. Right, I think so. Because uh, it was first released in Deadlands Reloaded as a setting rule, sir. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, see, I yeah, can I know. all this stuff. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> Write this down, so that Christian. Was, I'm so right. that was Ron corrected Clint correctly. That's right. I think that was in about, what was it, 2006, 2007, I think the first Explorers edition came out. Yeah, I think no, so. No, that was 2008. 2008. 2008. Yeah. Uh, so, see, for me, I'm always two years behind because that's when I was working right. on it. You know? Well, you know, I'm it's funny. I, I'll never forget 2008 because we were talking about it at Origins, and that was my first Origins. Uh-huh. And then uh, Gen Con came, and you had to call me to tell me, or it, either that or, you know what, we were going to do an interview for something else, and you got me talking on Skype, I think, and you were telling me about uh, the Watsi booth opening up late because they were lined up, their employees were lined up to buy the Explorers oh, edition when it first yeah. came out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we uh, and that's that's actually a key part of it. I mean, it changed with right. that edition, mm-hmm. but that edition was the first ten dollar, yep, you know, version of Savage Worlds. Right. And since that time, that's just been one of the many brilliant things Shane did that you know helped the game just grow by you know leaps and bounds. And I mean, from where we were there to the fan base we have now, it's like Ron says. It's effectively the same reaction. It's just there are more people right. out there to have higher, it. Exactly. Volume. Yeah. yeah. You know? More more channels for communication as well. Right, yeah. You know? But yeah. but I, I think it was accepted much more quickly. Oh. I mean, it was a big reaction, but I, I think people thought they were going to get more out of it than they really did. Okay. When you look, look at the... when you, Again, when you crunch the numbers. Yeah. But, but, I mean, when you think about accepted more quickly... It's Thursday, and we released the you know the new rule on Saturday night, <laughs> you know. So we haven't even had a week yet. But I mean, it's been right. it's been loud. But you know, we're already getting feedback from people that have said they've played it, and it was like, yeah, you know, I'm seeing this different here, and I'm kind of liking it, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was telling uh, Ron earlier that on the poll that we have on the community, um, so what, what really impressed me was the there was there were the I hate it, I love it, and then the uh, um, I could go uh, either I, way. I, yeah, I can go either way, and go either way was neck and neck with I love it. And so yeah. ultimately, what I realized with the, what I feel like I'm seeing is most people are just like 
I don't care. I'm having fun. <laughs> you know, one way or the other, you know, I'm having fun with it. So, uh, or, you know, I'll just house rule it the way I want to anyway. It doesn't matter to me. I'm one of those two reactions. God, I'm sitting here with you guys, and, <laughs> and I want to start rapid-firing questions at Clint to get him to say something he's not supposed to say, like I used to do on the podcast. I will, I will give you that opportunity. <laughs> but I do want to point out one more thing that I was thinking about earlier today with respect to Benny's. Like, uh, so I, I, I poached the uh, Deadlands Fate Chips rules for my Eberron game, and I just changed the colors and so on. And uh, and so with the I forget what the colors are in the Fate Chips on, in Deadlands, but for my Eberron game, the yellow shards are the plus one d6 acing, uh, but the GM doesn't get the Benny. And there have been times where that I had like all these great Bennies like for for the for that use, and I had to unshake, you know, or, or not unshake, but I had to uh, you know I wanted to act on that round, and I'm thinking I'm weighing, do I want to give this up? You know, so that I can actually enjoy the game and play it, <laughs> or do I want to hang on to that special Benny? And I had, in, in a lot of cases, I had to sacrifice it. I had this really cool, awesome Benny that I wanted to use, and I couldn't because I had to waste it on. I say waste, but I had to burn it on uh, on, on just being able to act and play. But but you're hitting exactly on one of the points. I mean, is the fact of it wasn't what your character that your character was really hindered by it. It was that. Your As a player of the game, yeah, was the one that was getting you know hindered there. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. And in, in any tactics in combat where you're you're trying to strategize against that status, that's to me that feels like I'm gaming the game rather than playing a character in a in a setting. Yeah. You know, and it's so. But um, yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see. What else? Um, one interesting take I, I saw, you mentioned the stun power earlier, Ron, and, uh, and Clint, you addressed it, but I, Clint, I saw a response one time where you actually um, elaborated a really cool trapping for the stun power um, based on the ETU stun gun, which I thought was a really cool take on it, and, and that if you wanted to have that, like, uh, was it 1D4 uh, rounds? Uh, yeah. You, you could make that a trapping for, like, say, weird science. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was actually really an off-the-cuff kind of answer there because sure. you know it was being asked, you know, what about tasers and stun guns that'll shake for a while? And basically, I said, well, you know, they're not in the core book, but we put them in ETU, and there's a, you know, you're shaking for one d four rounds before you can recover, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But um, so you know, I had pointed out it's like going well instead of using the raise effect for the negative two penalty to resist it initially the power initially, you could use that for the, if you still fail to resist, you're going to have the 1D4 rounds before you can recover, or right. something of that nature. Or another option you could do would be apply the negative 2 to the uh, spirit roll to recover from shaken. You know, right. and that's, that's more of a, all I have to do is remember the penalty. I don't have to keep tr- roll a die and keep track of what round it is. You know, exactly. Kind exactly. of thing that you could do there. Now, the other thing that kind of struck me after I posted that, and I know you know you had mentioned it at, at some point um, later on, is you know I thought about it and I'm like going, but really, if your point is to kind of deny your foe actions, use entangle right. and have it resisted by you know vigor or spirit, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually wrapping somebody up, just physically kind of entangle them. Right. Maybe it's a mental yeah. entanglement, right? Yeah. yeah you know, right. and something like that, and because that's kind of the effect you're going for is which way. But, you know, like a lot of things in Savage Worlds, it really depends on how you want to look at it and how you want to 
have it run, you know, of, mm-hmm. you know, do I, you know, do I want to run it like an entangle where, you know, I have the choice of I can hit one guy, have some more variables. I can hit one guy or I can hit an area of effect, you know, and things like that with the power or, um, I can, uh, you know, go with just stun, which gives me one option or confusion, which gives me, you know, up to five, you know, confusion, you'd have to do a little bit more on the uh, trappings for it because, you know, it's not set up as an attack roll to begin with. That's one of the big advantages to confusion. It's basically just the straight-up opposed roll, mm-hmm. uh, the straight-up roll, and then that affects the penalty. It's not opposed, but it adjusts the, the penalty to resist it. So uh, that's one of the, you know, things about that. But still... You know, there's a variety of ways around that, you know, that you can do it. I mean, if that's the effect you want to go for, again, like with any power in Savage Worlds, you know, look at how you can adapt what's already there, mm-hmm. you know. Are there any other um, any other mechanics that you guys are looking at? Like uh, I saw mention on the forums about um, shields, for example, and I, I, chimed, I even chimed in on that, the whole idea of it, you know, there's no facing in Savage Worlds, but shields only protect certain sides, or, you know, are there any other things that you're looking at that sort of like, hey, you know, we should streamline this or improve it, or, or is this just the only thing you focused on? Uh, well, I mean, one we mentioned, and I, I actually mentioned it on the forums, because a lot of people brought up, well, how is this going to affect suppressive fire? You know, to oh, right. shaking and stuff like that. And as I said, suppressive fire is a whole nother kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know a lot of people aren't happy with it, and we're part of a lot of that people. You know, it's like some, you know, it, it really just hasn't been doing kind of what we wanted to do. So that's going to be a whole nother thing when we come back to it. But suppressive fire is just such a a niche rule of it has to be the right setting where there is automatic yeah. weapons, and then the characters have to have the automatic weapons. Right. You know, and, and it has to be the situation in game where the use of it is right. appropriate. So it is, it is a very niche, niche yeah. use uh, yeah. mechanic. So that's going to be one that's more than likely going to wait till we have to do a reprint. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we may kind of, kind of like what we had with Deadlands where we talked about the way of the brave and the damage system or whatever. If we've got a setting that's really going to have automatic fire and that's going to be common in it, we may go ahead and have the preview for it in that. I see. And then we'll probably put the actual rule out for free if anybody just doesn't want to get the setting. You know, that's right. kind of what we've, you know, um, or would do if it, if it came up to that. I don't know that we have anything of everything we got on deck right now that's got, you know, that paradigm that suppressive fire would be that common enough to add it in there. But mm-hmm. at some point, yeah, and, and if we if it's not done by the time we get to the next reprint, then we're certainly going to look at it then and, you know, and work out something else. Cool. Um, Very cool. Yeah, suppressive fire we're looking at. Um, shields, you know, uh, we're, we'll, you know, we'll probably discuss it one way or, you know, one way or another, but I don't know. You know, it's like, it's like in the comments, most people were like, yeah, I just don't worry about it. Right, you know, it's right. like you know, it's like, and really, it's another situational thing. It's really only going to be an issue if you're surrounded or you're fighting more than one or two people, because right. otherwise, you can just move the shield to you know avoid you know to affect one person. It's only if somebody can get on the opposite side of you at the same time, right? Kind of comes up, but um, yeah, my 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 take on the shield thing was if I had a weapon that gave me a plus one to parry. 
you know, there's no mechanic or no rule governing which side or facing with that respect. Why right. why would it apply to shield? Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's just wielded in a, in a different hand. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we've discussed it a little bit. I mean, I actually, I think I actually was one of the ones that mentioned a while back that you know. Yeah, and it's it's kind of in the the current version that you know shields act as obstacles or they're basically like you're carrying cover, right? <laughs> effectively, right. you right. know, it's kind of a level of cover, but it gets tricky to kind of even work that because ultimately it comes down to the GM making the decision on, well, this is cover you can move. So right. you know, right. it's like it's right. like it's not like you're hiding behind a rock, you know. It's like, and I know how much that's going to cover you. It's like if you could pick up the rock and move it. Yeah, you know. So. I always imagine it as if it were if somebody uh, did a called shot on the on the shield itself to try to you know damage it, yeah. then then it'd be breaking the object. You know those kinds of things. It, it's circumstantial of what what the intent is of the, of, of, of the of the scenario. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, right now they're you know. There's nothing else that's kind of anywhere near as universal as this change was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And because we've gone through so much and we had done it and we are looking at being out a bit on um, a new printing, this was one of those things that, you know, we went back and forth. And actually, you know, Shane's been ready to pull the trigger on this for a while. Um, and we've just, you know, you know, Lankmar, you know, the right. Rifts announcement, you know, things right. like that. Little things came up, you know, just here those, there. those small little small things. little things, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I don't think I have any additional questions. Uh, Ron, do you have anything else? Oh, and I know you have lots of questions, Ron. So I'm going to go ahead and open it up. All to my you. questions are not related to this rule. My questions about the, you know, the next edition, but. Well, before we get into that, is there, is there anything else that you want to add, Clint, to to that discussion regarding the uh, the change, or did you pretty much cover everything? Uh, you know, it's all about what you know what you guys want to you know hear and find out about. But again, we are um, we are setting up the uh, PDF that we're actually going to put out, and um, you know we're looking at probably having. I think the rules itself and things like that are going to be shorter than the design notes. That we're going to go through, kind of explaining. Right. Probably going to incorporate a whole bunch of this into that, even as yeah. we go through. But uh, the one other thing I was going to mention that I, I mentioned earlier is um, the uh, the rule that we're going to put out. It is going to have the one rule that we think we have out there that is affected by this. The one thing mechanic that's out there is the edge relentless from the horror companion. Oh right, yeah. And uh, this actually came up a little while ago because. We have a licensee who's um, going to be doing that in another foreign language, and you know we um, licensees kind of knew, you know, uh, a little bit sure. ahead of time. You know, the the weekend thing caught some people off, or whatever, but some of them that were actually working on things we knew would be affected by it, mm -hmm. uh, especially the foreign language translations and stuff like that. Uh, those kind of things, um, they had a little bit more heads up on this stuff, and. Um, uh, so we actually had to redo that edge. So when they reprinted the Har did the print of the Hark Companion in the other language, they already had the mechanic. So we're going to go ahead and throw that in with the PDF we're going to put out. So if you've got the Hark Companion, you'll have the new version of the edge. And if you don't have the Hark Companion, you get a free edge on that. What, and, what does that look like, that new version? Uh, Relentless? Yeah. Yeah, you know, actually, I might even have it here. Let's see. Might not, but I might. 
Let's see. Come on, you don't just remember? I know. Oh. I thought you had all this like stored in your head. Oh. <laughs> yeah, with everything else I've got going right. on. Right now. <laughs> see, a lot of my brain space is gone because last night I had to have a chat with the designer of Riffs. Ah. <laughs> so I had to use a lot of brain power for that. Yeah, um, yeah I know there's a lot of excitement around that too. Yeah. So. But um, it's basically going to be relentless is um, going to be that if you are shaken, Mm-hmm. You can still that that's kind of getting into what I said earlier. You can still take a single action at negative two. Nice. Okay. So so if it's a action that doesn't normally require a roll, like if you want to run or stuff like that, you can do all that stuff. You know, Normal. free. I mean, if you right. don't have quick draw, you can draw a weapon. You know, as long as it's not from an awkward kind of location or whatever. But if you want to make an attack or you want to do something, I mean, even when you're shaken. You can get off, you know, one action at negative two. Right. So it's sort of like flailing while you're trying to shake off whatever, you know, you're 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 just sort of, uh, you know, taking wild stabs or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah, well, to, it's you're just relentless. You know, just, it doesn't right. matter if you're thrown up; you're just not going to stop. Yeah, that's you pretty know? awesome. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. That's so, cool. So I'll, there, Ron, I'll you got a preview. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks, Clint. I no problem. seriously appreciate really? all the input on this. So, uh, Ron, um, I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, let Clint be your victim. <laughs> okay. So Not for the first time. So, um, you guys only uh, work on rules updates when you're either A, um, creating setting rules, or B, and most often when it's something that's uh, this core, um, working toward a new core book. <laughs> so... Um, First of all, I want to say, because I haven't had a chance to have this conversation, I love the new graphic novel format. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And I keep buying the hardcovers because apparently I just want to give you five bucks more. (laughs) But but, um, the the question I have is um, I've noticed the pattern that all of these books are 96 pages. Yeah. And I also know that the Savage World's core rules, um, as they are currently presented, will not fit in 96 pages. So, my question is, are you going to break, or has it, I'm sure it's been discussed, don't pretend it hasn't, are you going to break <laughs> the 96-page rule, or are we going to be getting, like, a core core book and a companion? Huh. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I'll say what I said something else. I mean, when we went and did the uh, the superpower companion, and we did it in the graphic novel format, I was I was personally shocked at how much we got in the book. You know, of how much we added, how much we changed, and and stuff like you know that we had of that nature that we got in. Now, um, uh, you know, but there, there was were, material you didn't get in the book too, though. But we put it out for free. Sure, but, but not in a really cool printed format is what I'm saying. Well, that's true. Uh, but then okay. again, you know, the Superpower Companion was kind of a big expansion as well because we added a bunch of stuff, you know, Agreed. on the new rules for power limits and, you know, and the variable powers and everything like that and and how it works. So, And even in the second edition, you added things as well, like the uh, power stunts and stuff like that as well. Yeah, that's you know, I'm a huge proponent too. of the second edition of, of the Superpower Companion. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know the other, of course, the other big thing about that was you know we we made it in tandem with the science fiction companion, 
which if I stutter a little bit, that's just my twitch from having to do two companions at the same time. PTSD. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, you know, so that it, they, you know, they worked in tandem so well. But I'm really surprised at how the switch to the graphic novel format has actually, just due to the way it lays out, allowed us to put more in there than I thought it would. So until we actually get to layout and see what we have, you know, we don't know how that's going to, you know, lay, you know, come out. Now, you know, there's a few things that we can sit there and look at and go, you know, you, you, you know, it's like right off the bat, it's like going, it's, it's nice having, you know, three, four, three pages of here's some full color artwork of our, you know, our settings that we have out there, you know, stuff like that. You know, that doesn't necessarily have to be in the book, though, you know. And, right. uh, and, we've, got, <laughs> and we've got so many one-sheets now that are out on, for free, you know, on the site that, you know, while having, I think, we have like five or six five that are in there, not counting that the... Uh, Those can the, certainly be reformatted as, as, as free adventure slash one-sheets. Right. Sure. Or, or not putting as many in there. I mean, how many, you know, give a couple of different ones. I mean, the Moscow Connection even has the adventure plus the pre-gens, you know. Right. Um, well, the sequel to the Moscow Connection that's in there. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff we wanted to put in there to make it, you know, uber deluxe, to which a point of we're like, maybe it could be over deluxe a bit, you know. So until we actually get the layout and see what we're going to do, because, you know, depending on how the art goes, how the, you know, everything like that, but you, you brought up an important point about how we start looking at this stuff when we're doing a new edition or we're doing a new book or we're doing something like that. Really, this is the case where it came up because of the new format. You know, because when you talk about going back a year and a half, that's kind of when we started getting into we're switching to the new format, you know. Yep. And because we knew the new format was coming, we knew at some point we'd have to do a reprint. So that was kind of where... You know, it got to the, well, you know, we need to have a way to get more bennies out. And that was kind of like, okay. And then suddenly we realized that was a bigger discussion than we thought. And then we kind of hit on this one thing of, well, if we affect this one mechanic, that really solves all the problems very simply. And if we're doing that, we have to test the heck out of it, you know. Right. So we knew we had to go ahead and start on it. We knew we had to do that, right. you know, ahead of time. And uh, like that, that's why I'm saying the other things. It's like suppressive fire. That's not on a front burner now because we're looking at, we're not at the point that we're going to go into the reprint or laying out for a new a printing or anything like that in the graphic novel format. Now, when we do, I'm going to be thrilled because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to love having that. Here's all the, you know, well, hopefully, at some point, here's all my companions in my core book, and they're all just one block, like a brick of books that all match, you know. Yeah, out of curiosity, you mentioned the, the uh, playtesting this worldwide uh, when you first posted the uh, the announcement and whatnot. How many playtesters were involved? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, because I didn't contact, uh, I didn't, contact all of them. I got the feedback back through Shane on some of the ones he had. Um, I dealt with hmm, primarily I think about three or four groups that were hardcore 
in, in doing this. And then we had a variety of everybody that's kind of involved in Pinnacle mm -hmm. that it went out to and came back to. So, I mean, everybody, I mean, all the authors, all the guys, you know, everybody that we kind of have, you know, that, that are out in the group, um, you know, um, um, Steve and Mike, Chaos Steve, Evil Mike, even though they're not, you know, doing our demo stuff anymore, the guys are still in, you know, the group with us and we know they run. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, those guys are still out there. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, know all those. But Shane mostly handled, like, the international stuff because he's got those connections. Because right. he's gone to, you know, he, he's made the trip to Italy. He Italy. just came back yeah. from, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, France, yeah. you know, which is huge for Deadlands there. Um, and he's got all the contacts with the groups and the players that are there. Plus, you know, he... You know, he speaks some of these languages, so it's easier for him to understand what he's getting feedback, you know, from. That's pretty um, cool. Those things. So, I didn't realize he was multilingual. He he is. Uh, he speaks uh, he speaks Russian and uh, French. Um, I think Esperanto. Um, wow. I made that one up, really. <laughs> <laughs> Big Latin. I, no, I always I always think back to the uh, the movie that William Shatner did that was completely in Esperanto. I thought that's I think that's a cool little section of his career yeah. that I'm like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> you know. Cool. Ron, do you have any other uh, probing questions? No, no, that that was it. I, that was I, it. Uh, that's it. Well, oh, people are getting that a lot, and I figured the uh, the hangout would be a good spot to to answer that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and, it, it, and honestly, well, yeah. And well, and honestly, I mean, I was less, um, I was less predisposed to believing there was going to be a new edition very soon. Um, when you'd mentioned that suppressive fire is a future thing, because yeah. I I know that that's a kind of that's on the that that would be on the front burner of a new new uh, new version of the book or a reprint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ron would be able to tell from my look. If, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got a great... Uh, we need to play more poker, my friend, is what I want to say. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so so, uh, so I've, got, I've got two more questions. Um, uh, one, this one's for both of you. Um, what kind of things have you guys been up to? Any new projects, endeavors? Um, <laughs> Was that was that a sealing your lips kind of a thing, Ron? Or <laughs> no, no, no. That was a scratching my cheek thing. Oh, okay. Um, you want to go first, Clint? I'll let you go first. And that includes like conventions as well. If you're if you're doing you know yeah cons or whatever. Uh, you know, a new new projects. Um, I have been wrestling with a new podcast idea. Well, first of all, I'm on a new podcast. Um, with with my buddy Don Dem from the old Pulp Gamer days, um, he and I are doing a, a show called uh, Baby Gamer, and we are uh, having a show from the perspective of parents that are raising kids uh, to be geeky like we are. Nice. <laughs> and so um, that that's going on. And uh, we did a few episodes, and then there's kind of a pause in production, and we're going to go back to that soon. And so that's been fun. And we occasionally bring experts on the show to, to talk about different things. Um, he has a, a newborn, and I've got my, my uh, two-and-a-half-year-old. 
and uh, my 11 year old so we have multiple perspectives or, or different you know uh, places that you can be as a parent uh, in a gamer parent so that's going on for sure and I have this new podcast I absolutely miss conducting interviews with cool people and so there's a podcast that I'm working on that um, I'm trying to get the, the format down and, and make some decisions. Um, but basically, I want to have an interview format podcast. It may be about gaming. It may just involve gaming as one of its many things. Um, my gaming friends, of course, are going to be on it because I'll be tapping into the friends that I've made over the years. Um, so... So you're going to definitely be hearing from my, my gamer buddies that I've made over the years. But that's pretty much that might interest this group. Uh, that's what I've kind of been working on. So there you go. Other than that, uh, staying sane has been a full-time job. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with uh, two kids. So well, uh, so we might see the return of Ron Blessing to the podcasting room. Or I guess we've... Yeah, and... and Monica and I had a talk, and we decided that even though she is the more talented of the two of us, that um, <laughs> it's true that uh, we 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 really just don't have the ability to podcast together anymore uh, at this time, at least for a couple of years. And we don't want to keep trying to bring back the games a thing. We we think uh, that window open and closed, and it's time to difference. So um, she's the one who's encouraged me to go out and, and podcast. She she's the one who wants me to go out and do it because she knows how much I love it. And um, that's an awesome wife so right there. It's going to be really weird mm -hmm. once it gets going because I am not familiar. I, I don't. I barely remember what it was like to podcast without her. So right. right. And you two, you two had a chemistry uh, that was obvious. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if we never announced that we were married, a married couple, we had a chemistry that that was right. pretty clear. Uh, our banter is uh, is I, I will say that our, our banter is legendary. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, that's the word. <laughs> Indeed. So. How about you, Clint? Oh, let's see. I've um, I've been. Involved in rifts, I mentioned that already, uh, somewhat. Uh, I know there's going to be more going on, but I'm kind of just, you know, um, I'm kind of there for, you know, you know, Sean and Shane and the guys and that. But it's kind of what I do with any of our books, which is, you know, you got you got a stumbling point or something like that. Call call Clint. <laughs> You know, kind of thing. Uh, hey, you know how how do you think it would work to do this? Great, love it. Okay, you know it's like or that's a that's incredibly stupid, Clint. Really, that was you. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, you know I'm you know I uh, I, ha I had a blast working on Lockmar uh, and you know seeing that you know get out and be released. Uh, you know there was a lot to Lockmar to the we really absolutely want to hit the feel of the books. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'm looking at the game book in one window and I've got one of the stories in the other, you know, uh, just to be sure that we're, you know, comparing the two. And that's, you know, that's just a, 
you know, that's a dream come true. Because, I mean, I've got in a box somewhere all my AD&D Lankmar stuff, you know, <laughs> including the one Shane did, you know, <laughs> I think somewhere. Right. Um, you know, uh, which, of course, for him, it's like, you know, coming back home. And uh, and so that that was just that's a blast. Um, unfortunately, you know, like the thing that I've current got on my docket hasn't been announced yet, but it should be upcoming soon. <laughs> um, that I'm I'm looking at. Uh, I've gotten a final draft of a of a piece to look over and uh, look double check. As far as conventions go, I think Juan might appreciate this a bit. Um, the guys that do Mace are going to do a Mace East in Wilmington, North Carolina. And they, yeah. uh, they just talked about they're actually going to have one night of gaming on the USS North Carolina. Wow. Oh, they're actually going to get awesome. you know, sp space on the battleship. And they're, they're working it out with them, but you can rent the place out. And they were a little concerned about space, but they said they went down and had a trip down there, and they said they got down there. And the, the mess hall is just huge. I mean, there's a ton of room, a ton of tables, and there's an extra facility they said that they're currently refurbishing that should be there by the time they want to use it. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with that because I've been, you know, we've been deeply involved with Mace for a long time. I mean, um, from the original convention, you know, back in High Point, the ones you guys made it out to, um, to now they've got one in uh, Western North Carolina that's actually, you know, it's about the same distance for us now. But um, that's been really great because it's brought a lot of gamers from Tennessee over and that. But it's just a, it's a great, just pure gaming convention. There's such an amazing can, feel there. I can, say, in. I can say with with uh, and I say this whenever I get a chance to, but uh, if you're interested in convention gaming on the East Coast and you get a chance to go to a Mace convention, a Just Us Productions convention, um, go. I mean, the, the guys put on an amazing show. Um, it's it's pure gaming, like Clint said, and um, you know they they treat everybody um, really fairly. And uh, they're super organized, and yeah, it, it's definitely yeah. definitely recommended. And it, in it's fact, nice if you're in Georgia, you should still go to Mace. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually uh, considering. Not for nothing. Clint, Clint and uh, and Jody uh, at DragonCon last year were uh, were putting the pressure on uh, for me to go, and uh, so I'm, I'm I'm considering it. My only issue is I started a new job this year, and uh, there's two work-related conferences that I need to go to that are right yeah. next to it. So I might be burning out my uh, leaving the wife home alone with the kids. You know, and there's uh, a limited amount of that you can do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. I gotta see. Uh, I gotta see what I can what I can do. If, if I'm well, gonna... you know, since they moved it to Charlotte, I mean, it's right up 85 for you. It I is. It I mean, is. it's an easy trip. I keep, I keep uh, you know, putting it up on Google Maps just to see yeah. how long of a. I'm like, hey, it's really not that long. I could do a day trip, and you know. Yeah, and and what's nice is we've kind of seen how the Mace guys have expanded out to where we have other people doing some great conventions as well. Um, mm -hmm. There's the guys in Charleston, South Carolina, that are doing StormCon. Mm -hmm. That's a a really fun convention that I'm you know it's killing me, but we've got a conflict uh, for the dates this year. It's uh it's I think it's coming up just next month in June, and uh, you know uh, yeah it's like the end of June and. It's in Charleston, South Carolina, which is a beautiful city in and of itself if you want to get down there. But, again, it's just a pure gaming con. And uh, that's it. But, I mean, otherwise, um, you know, con schedule-wise, I mean, we're looking towards Gen Con. 
Um, we're, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at something related to Gen Con right now that I can't reveal. Oh. Looking at it. Ah, like, I know. <laughs> Um, what a jerk! I know it's sad, but um, uh, ah, I spotted it in the reflection of your glasses. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody will probably do that. They'll freeze frame it, put it up. And say, uh-huh. It's not like CS Tower. You can be like, uh, can you enhance that image? Yeah, enhancing right. image, enhancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Zoom in on that. Yeah, we've got so many things that are you know in the works right now and it's just it's such an awesome time <laughs> to be mm-hmm. working for Pinnacle and it just keeps getting better it seems every day I mean um, you know, what Shane got excited about he made an announcement to kind of the group today I, I, I knew about it a few days ago but he made the official announcement that it was kind of complete and it's like holy cow you know that's awesome to, you know not to steal from Ron but it is awesome you know and, um, <laughs> good stuff man good, good stuff. stuff good stuff it is, it is. Um, so uh, what I've got you know coming up uh, I've actually got a little bit more, um, you know, going on. I might might be doing some traveling out out west to do some work on uh, on a piece to actually sit down and and uh, do some development face to face. If I can get some time to do that, oh uh, gosh, I don't know. What I mean, I've got so many things I'm juggling right now. It's all what's on my what's in front of me at this moment. Uh, Savage Tales of Lankmar. Right. Of course, and then we've got Savage Foes of Lankmar to follow. You know, follow that. So I mean, the the three books to have those out. Um, we've got the Six Gun Kickstarter. I mean, that should be right around the corner. That was another blast to work on. Uh, I know Shane was familiar with it because they actually approached us <laughs> and um, set it up, and uh, he was like, "Another weird western? I don't think so." Right. And then they gave him all the graphic novels, and when he got back home, he had read them all, and he said, "Yes, let's do another weird western." <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, that's funny. Well, as you said, it's like you know who better than to do a weird western? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that was kind of he had that realization himself. He's like, "Who better?" And you know, and it's it's uh-huh. a great you know, it's a great it's a great series and great book, you know? Yeah. And, um, whew, I don't know. I mean, we've got, we had so many things we announced at Gen Con and they're all in various degrees of production. Uh, uh stone in a hard place. You know, that was, you know, that's been a blast. Um, I think we just got the pre-gens out officially for those. Those went out to backers, um, things like that. Uh, that was that was a blast to work with because I got to work with Matt Cutter on that stuff. And um, if you notice, two of our pregens are ERPs, if you guys haven't had a chance to see it. We've actually got the younger brother that was even younger than Warren, who was an ERP, who's real life, um, you know, even younger than Morgan. His name was Warren ERP. Um, you know, Real life brother and the sister who, in the um, in real life, she actually died fairly young. In the Deadlands universe, she survived, grew up, and so she's kind of in her early twenties, based off when she was only born. Uh, Jenny Earp, and uh, we've got some. We, we really, with these guys, we wanted something that really felt like Tombstone, but also kind of out of the box a little bit. Uh, our shaman actually works for the Tombstone Epitaph. Nice, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, so uh, 
she's that's kind of her tie to the Earps is actually she's the adopted daughter of John Clum, their good friend and stuff like that. But those those you know for a short piece that was just a blast to work on, and um, you know other than that you know I've got I, I'm I'm going to try not to do any more teasing on anything. <laughs> so. Yeah. You know. Well, with that, we're uh, we're definitely, I think, uh, well over even with extended time uh, to you know, or, or yeah, extended time given yeah. the technical you issues. All thumb syndromes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once you take out all my problems, we'll be down but, to fifteen uh, minutes. We'll be down to fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. No, and uh, but I did want to I did want to ask one more question. Actually, this is for you, Ron, and uh, this is a, a bit of a throwback. Tell us something about yourself that uh, none none of the audience knows about you. <laughs> Uh, this is my dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I I actually have a recent thing I could tell, so I will. Um, I, m more than 20 years ago, going back, I think, 22 years, maybe 23 years, I used to race radio control cars. And I'm not talking about, like, the ones you buy at Walmart. I'm talking about the kind that you build yourself. And so I've been a lot less active in the gaming community recently because I'm not racing, but I've gone back to the hobby, the act of building and, and playing with those RC cars um, because right. of my kids. So let me ask you this. Gas-powered or battery-powered? Battery-powered because batteries have gotten amazing. Um, they're, they're, these things are using brushless motors and um, lithium polymer batteries and they're they're pretty uh, pretty cool, and so I've been doing a lot of that recently, um, and uh, I've kind of gotten the bug to buy kits and build them and and, and that sort of thing. Um, and my daughter's shown some interest to where uh, for Christmas she got, or I should say for her birthday, um, she got an RC car. And loves it so much, but now she wants one she can build. So I just got her one for the summer to build and to to kind of tool around with. So um, that's been kind of fun and different, very different from a hobby perspective. Um, I haven't read a role playing book in months, um, which is really odd. I don't know why you're on the show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I mean. I've 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 zipped through summer because it, it's it's I'm currently it's the voice it's the voice Mr. Butter voice. I'm, <laughs> I'm currently running a game, um, so I've looked through that book, but I, but cover to cover, um, I, I haven't done it. Um, I have gone through the Lankmar book, um, but it's more of a skim because I had to see it, and I, I my life was threatened uh, were I to try to switch the game right now. Um, because Longmar so knew about um, that book. <laughs> Longmar released the week after one of my players bought a brand new copy of Thirteenth Age, so she could play with this at the table. <laughs> so, yeah. my choice is um, I can run a new game, but I'd have to shell out forty bucks and buy a book that I already own. Right. Um, <laughs> so, and also then purchase the, the the other book that my friend Golden needs. So that's the thing that the RC likely does not know about. On Google Plus, I keep my RC stuff separate from my gaming stuff, so uh, you wouldn't really see anything on it. Uh, I think 
I think that's really it. Um, Good stuff. I, which allowed me, yeah, it allows me to avoid uh, telling other more embarrassing stories too. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> nice. nice. All right. Well, I think that's it for uh, for the show today. And um, thank you both so much. It's, it's been an honor and it's been a lot of fun. Hey, um, it, it, it's, I'm hoping that this is the start of uh, the first of many videos you end up doing and that this, this takes over your life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's taking well, over my life, but, yeah, I think I, I do uh, – I've got the bug a little bit. And, I, I've, uh, said, I've said this. I've said this to you privately, and I've I've embarrassed you with it once or twice um, on other hangouts, like Jared's uh, a Wednesday hangout. Um, your your Eberron conversions, amaze balls. I love Thank it. You. And Clint, if you haven't seen it, you need to look at it. Um, first of all, and Christian, you, you gave us these nice accolades at the top of the show, but the reason that uh, I did the podcast with Veronica as long as I did, aside from having that awesome thing to do with my wife, um, was because of the people I've met over the years, and, and I count you among uh, some of the, oh, thank the, you. Top, the top guests of that period of my life. And the other one... The other one of many happens to be in the show as well uh, tonight. So, very awesome. cool. Uh, I'm touched. I am too. I can't quit you, man. I can't quit you. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ron. Uh, yep. All right. Um, Definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close this out. And. Um, Y'all have a good night. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you all for watching uh, tonight. And again, sorry about the uh, technical challenges earlier. And hopefully, uh, we'll do this again in the future. Uh, hopefully, we can work this out again. Now that I kind of know how this equipment should work. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be attached to my wife's computer. We'll just that's up that up that skill die on. Uh, that's right. Knowledge technology. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's your five XP now. Buy your right. uh, D4 and repair. I, I have bought off my unfamiliarity. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Take care, All right. guys. Good night, Thank everyone. You. Night.